I don't give a damn whether the client understands that that's worth anything. It's the way I want to live my life. I want to make beautiful things, even if nobody cares. You are listening to Creatives Radio by Logo Inspirations. In this podcast, we tap into the minds of the most influential personalities in the creative space. My name is Jonathan Rudolph, and welcome to the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Skillshare. Skillshare is the Netflix of online learning with over 23,000 online classes to help you grow your brand. These classes range from design to business to technology and much more. Go to logoinspirations.co slash Skillshare to get two months free of Skillshare Premium. Do you remember a couple of years ago when creatives like yourself were looking for a way to store your portfolios online? instead of carrying them around in bulky cases. One of the websites that came along to help creators with this dilemma was CarbonMate. And my guest today was one of its co-founders. Spencer Fry has entrepreneurship running through his blood. With a slew of projects under his belt, he's now created a unique product called Podia to help creators make money using their talents. I talked to Spencer about his entrepreneurial journey and how this all-in-one platform can help creatives like you create new streams of income. And before we get into the show, it would be a huge help if you could just take a screenshot of wherever you're listening to the podcast and tag Spencer at Spencer Fry on Instagram and me at Logo Inspirations and post it on your Instagram stories. Thank you. Also, all listeners of Creatives Radio will receive a 15% discount from Podia. So if you want to create your digital products, head to podia.com slash logos. Cool. So, hi, Spencer. How's it going? It's going well. How about yourself? Good, good. Uh, pretty lady in Australia, but yeah, but in the midnight oil. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what's your story? Sure. So um, I just turned 34 years old. So getting older, um, but I've been working, I've been working on tech startups my whole life. So really kind of started my first businesses in, um, in early high school. So around 11, 12, 13 years old. Um, and I've been running tech businesses my entire life. So I've been very fortunate. I haven't ever earned a paycheck from anyone other than myself. So I've always been an entrepreneur. Yeah. I started a few different businesses and most recently, in the last, uh, I guess, four years now, I've been running Podia.com. Cool, cool. So you said you never had really had a, like a real job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've always, I've always been a founder. Um, started my first, like, money-making venture in high school. Um, ran sort of like a web host um, service back in the day. Yeah. Um, but my first big business was um, founded in college. I ran this company called TechFrag.com, uh, still running today. It was actually the first um, successful voice over IP company for mm-hmm. computer game players yeah. uh, to communicate online. So at the time, 2003, we had all the top gaming TV 
teams and clans and so on using our services. And that I started during college and um, sort of got the big itch for being an entrepreneur at that point. Oh, wow. That's insane. Like, were your parents ever entrepreneurs? How do you, how do you like, get the entrepreneur? <laughs> I don't... Like, I don't know. So I, I never met my great grandfather, but supposedly he was a really successful entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, both my parents are professors at Yale. Mm -hmm. um, so they're very like academic. Uh, so <laughs> not very entrepreneurial. Um, although they, you know, they do some stuff. So, you know, they read a lot of books and, you know, they've sold books, that kind of thing, but they've never really, you know, built a business. Um, mm -hmm. My grandfather, he also had a business. Um, it was a machine shop where they built a lot of different types of like instruments and things so not really tech <laughs> focused but like a different side of tech uh, more engineering but i think i was i had a lot of time to myself um you know as academics you have to read a lot and write a lot so at night time i would just be kind of alone with my computer um building things <laughs> cool um so like when you were in college uh what, what did you study like did, did you did you picture yourself going to eventually have a full-time job or were you like hell-bent on creating businesses so yeah so um i started college as a computer software um you know engineer degree cs yeah. major uh for the first two years uh and then i when i started typefrag actually switched majors because Typewriter was taking up so much from so much of my time. I actually had mm -hmm. like two full time employees, um, oh, and it wow. was <laughs> yeah. It wasn't just by yourself. No, I had a co founder, um, and I had two employees, um, both who were like in their early to mid twenties, and I was like nineteen at the time or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the CS major, I went to I went to Yale as well, and um, the CS major, like the degree there, was really, really, really difficult. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like 40 hours of homework a week. And I was just like, I can't do this <laughs> and yeah. start a company. Um, so I ended up being a psychology major, but um, mm. I think that actually really helped me as an entrepreneur. So um, I think one of my strengths is working with people and, and really understanding customers and psychology and all the reading and writing and studying I did in college. It really helped for that. Cool. So after you got out of college, were you just focusing on uh, type frag? Yeah. So right towards the end of my senior year, um, or maybe it was right after my senior year, right after my senior year, I actually sold the business. Mm -hmm. uh, so I moved to New York City, uh, sold the business. I had way too much money for a 22 year old to have. Um, can you disclose how much yeah. it was sold for? Or? It was, I can say it was like seven figures. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was, um, it was a really nice exit and uh, yeah. But I was also 22, living in New York City, and didn't really know what I wanted to do next. Mm -hmm. um, I knew I wanted to build another tech startup, but yeah. um, I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So I started working on some different ideas. Um, originally, I was going to build a, another type frag, <laughs> you know, because there was no sort of like non-compete thing. Yeah. And I was like, I, I know how to do this. So I'm just going to do it again. But that kind of got boring after, you know you know, a month or so of starting to put that together. Yeah. Um, and so then I had an idea. It was right when kind of Yelp was starting. So this must have been like 2006. Mm -hmm. um, or maybe Yelp was like around, but nothing really. And I wanted to build a, a version of Yelp that was um, 
more friends based, more social. So sort of what Foursquare kind of became today yeah. uh, where like, you know, you would tell your friends you're going to this restaurant later and, you know, they should join you sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I started working on that. Um, I hired this agency out of Chicago to help like design and develop that. Yeah. Um, these great guys, uh, Dave and Jason, and um, about four months into the project, they basically were like, Hey, like, I know you're working on this thing, but why don't you join our agency, you know, uh, be a one third partner with us and kind of run like the business and operations side of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so then at that point I was like, yeah, like that sounds great. Cause the, the business hadn't really gone off the ground at all. Yeah. And uh, so I joined the company and it just happened to be that uh, Dave, one of our, one of my co-founders, mm-hmm. he had been working on the side product called carbon made. Um, which, 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 was I, actual, which, which I remember using. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So we were the first um, online portfolio for artists and designers to display their work online. Yeah. And um, Dave had built this little project for himself basically to run his own portfolio. And then his, his friends in the, yeah, his friends in the design community were like, Hey, I want to use this too. So Jason and Dave sort of built like a login management system and um, it started to gain some traction. I think we had like a few hundred customers or not customers, just honestly, just accounts um, when I joined the agency. Mm -hmm. And one of the things, the first things I did was sort of take over the Carter made project and really build it into a business. Mm -hmm. Um, And then about two years later, we were earning about, $12,000 $12,000 a month. Wow. <laughs> and at that point we were like, you know, that's a long time. Right. But, was, <laughs> but at was, that point, was, was Behance around at that time and dribble? Uh, we were still, we were the first. So Behance okay. was just starting dribble started okay. later. Yeah. Um, I forget, I don't remember the exact year dribble started, but we were the first and, and, uh, two years into the project, we were making like $12,000 a month. So each of us were earning like $4,000 a month yeah. and we decided to, quit all of our contract work. So all mm-hmm. of our consulting and yep. just work full time on carbon made. Um, we all, I got convinced them to move to New York. So we all moved to New York. Um, we opened up a little office in Soho and, you know, just started to really work on the business. And then in 2008, the big financial crisis, um, here in the U S and then just kind of a broad hit and a lot mm-hmm. of designers and artists and creative people were out of work Yeah, and they all needed, portfolios and they needed them like really, really quickly. And carbon made was just like the best and the fastest and easiest to get set up. And we just kind of skyrocketed from there. And then growth was just huge over the next few years. We ended up hiring like 10 people and wow. um, screw out the business. Yeah. And it, it started out with a subscription model. Yeah. Was it a monthly payment? Yep. Yeah. So um, we were like one of the first freemium companies, meaning mm-hmm. that, we had free accounts, um, yeah. but that at some point you would hit your limit and then you'd have to you know, upgrade to continue. So I think um, if I remember correctly, it was, you could have up to say 35 images yeah. in your portfolio. And if you wanted more than 35 images or if you wanted video, you would have to upgrade to one of our paid accounts. And at the time we actually only had one paying account and it was so cheap. <laughs> it was only $12, $12 a month. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of people wanted it. So, um, yeah, yeah, that was, uh, I was, was, I was using time. the, yeah, I remember using the freemium cause I was really young and I had no money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But that was good. That was like, I remember seeing carbon made cause one of my friends showed it to me and I was just getting into uh, graphic design. 
and yeah, I just tossed my uh, my printed portfolio and started using Carbon Made around that time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we really kind of built the whole aesthetics around sort of like a print portfolio. Yeah. Um, that was, you know, we wanted something that was very simple and clean and kind of um, didn't get in the way of your work. Yeah. Um, so there was no like, you know, somewhat to our detriment, maybe like we didn't have like social buttons or like, Mm-hmm. you know post to twitter post to facebook etc yeah. we kind of kept everything very clean because yeah it was very clean was a lot of work yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah whereas like the hands and dribble they really embraced like the social web and yeah. were like post your work everywhere <laughs> and, and we sort of like took the opposite approach um yeah. but you know they, they ended up doing very well and, and we did well too but i think we could have been even bigger if we had sort of more embraced the nature of the web and where it was going Mm-hmm. Oh, what happened after that? Did you move on to another business? Or? Yep. Um, yeah. So I uh, ran that for about four, four or five years. I can never remember. <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, we I sold the sold my um, ownership in the business and took a little bit of a break. I remember this must have been 2011, 2012, and I decided I'd want to get I wanted to get back into programming. Mm-hmm. Um, so started, you know, going back and relearning to code and, um, you know, none of the, none of the stuff I'd learned in college was, um, helpful because it was all like C and C plus <laughs> plus and I wanted to do web development, which yeah. they don't teach early to the time they didn't teach. So spent pretty much, um, four, four or five months, like learning rails, like learning web development, kind of getting my feet wet. Um, I started building like and sort of hacking on different projects. Um, and at that point I was, you know, like pretty, pretty much a novice developer, but I was good enough where I could build a prototype and I could have some customers and like, it, but I didn't know how to scale anything and I didn't really know how to build like Elliot code or anything like that. Um, but fortunately enough, it was always enough to get me to where I needed to be, to be able to like build something more legitimate with actual talented engineers and so on. So, um, so I built a software company, um, in the B2B space and I ran that for about two years. Um, and then I ended up selling it because I just wasn't interested in it. I, yeah. I realized like a couple years into it that I'm just not a B2B guy. Like I don't yeah. like the hustle of mm-hmm. having to sort of implant yourself into an organization and get buy-in from like the human resource people and the CEO and the CEO. And like, there's so much, um, I don't know, terrible politics yeah. <laughs> selling into like a big company. And so I, I really prefer the approach of just talking to, directly to individuals and mm-hmm. all you have to do is convince that one person. You don't yeah. have to convince that person that has to convince their boss has to convince mm-hmm. their boss. Yeah, true. Um, yeah. So I was just like, this is not for me <laughs> <laughs> and uh, ran away quickly. <laughs> and, and this was all in New York or? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah, we were, um, or I've always been in New York my whole life. So I've been here now, or not my whole life, but since graduating college. Yeah. So I've been here since I was 22. So I've been here for 12 years now. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, New York's changed a lot um, in terms of like the tech community here. Like when I first joined, it was 20 people in a room, basically. <laughs> um, there was like the New York tech meetup at the time and um, lots of like really well-known entrepreneurs were kind of some of the first members. And now 
I, I don't even go to the New York Tech Meetup anymore because it's, you know, 2,000 people and it's Shit. huge. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's just insane. Um, but it's, it's also good because there are a lot of great, you know, entrepreneurs, investors, um, talented people here. So, like, it, that's all been amazing. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely, like, still, it's gotten so big. <laughs> Not as big as, like, finance and media and all that kind of stuff, yeah. but it's really blown up. Cool. Um, and now, which uh, now you're working on a business called Podia. Podia, yeah. Which is so for Podium. Podia, correct? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, Podia is a digital storefront for selling content. So online courses, uh, memberships, digital downloads, all in one place. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the big inspiration for this was a bunch of little things. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, you know, one was I knew like getting out of B2B, I was just like, as an entrepreneur, I was happiest running carbon made. And I just loved yeah. working directly with consumers, mm -hmm. um, especially people that, you know, kind of treated it as a little bit of like a business in the sense that your portfolio is super important to you and that's how you get work and yeah. that sort of thing. So there's that, it's not just a consumer app in the sense of like, you know, Twitter, Instagram, it's, it's a consumer app, but it's more geared towards business, yeah. um, which I really liked. So, so I knew I wanted to kind of get back into that, um, into that like sector or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, so there's, that was happening. Like I knew that. And then back when I started Podia about four years ago, 2014, um, the digital content sort of people, people, creators, uh, et cetera, were kind of getting away from ads. They were getting away from um, basically ads. Like so they were getting away from yeah. YouTube ads. They were getting away for, from like blog ads and they were moving more towards selling digital content. Um, Online courses and stuff. Which is yeah, courses. Yeah, courses, eBooks, just downloads, you know, PDFs, guides, um, really anything that was substantive content. Um, yeah. They were also getting into like, building these private communities of, this is still very early on, but building private communities that, you know, cost five bucks a month, 10 bucks a month, a hundred dollars mm -hmm. a month. Um, and just knowledge sharing and content sharing, which is like a much bigger part of the internet for yeah. creators. And I have a lot of friends that are creators that sell online. You know, I've got a lot of people that are very, very successful that even my dad actually was <laughs> one of the, uh, he's an English professor and he actually has one of the most successful online courses in, English, if not the most successful one, um, oh, it was so successful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was so successful that uh, Apple almost put together a um, a, uh, a TV commercial with him because Whoa. it was the biggest course on uh, iTunes U for like a long time. <laughs> What's the name um, of the course? I need to check it out. So his name is uh, Paul Fry. So if you search for Paul Fry YouTube or something like that, or and Yale, you'll get it. That's amazing. Um, but, was was yeah. this was this before you created Podia? Yeah, it was. It was. So <laughs> it was. But I saw like it was really amazing because he still gets at least an email a day from that course from wow. students all over the world. Um, so I saw that from him. You know, like wow, this is amazing. You know, he normally just teaches to a room of like hundred to three hundred students. Now he's teaching to I think there's been millions and millions oh, of people. He's, yeah. he's, he's one of the pioneers of online courses. <laughs> know, exactly. So, so seeing that, like seeing my friends selling content, seeing this very like 
um, new market emerging. Um, you know, I've always, I've grown up around education my whole life. Felt as if like I was a good person that could start working on this problem. Yeah. So that's some of the inspiration. I've also been like very much a believer that everyone has something to sell. Everyone has, everyone can be an entrepreneur no matter what. Exactly, um, yeah. So, so all that taken together, I was like, all right, let's get started. <laughs> so, uh, the first year or so is basically just me, you know, hacking on prototypes and uh, playing around with different things and trying to figure out what exactly I was going to build, mm-hmm. um, talking to like hundreds of people um, to get, you know, feedback and so on. And then in sort of year two is when we, so 2015, mostly 2015, part of 2016, we, we were, you know, it was now me and another person and we started mm-hmm. kind of maturing the business, figuring out again, like, what do people it, like about the uh, product? Was, was, was it generating in, income by then or were you just still working uh, on the product? So we, at the time we were basically a free product in mm-hmm. the sense that we took like a, um, a 10% commission. We don't take any transaction fees today, mm-hmm. but at the time I didn't feel comfortable charging for the product because it was just yeah. not that good yet. <laughs> so yeah. we were like, you can use it, but uh, you know, at your own risk in a sense. Um, and and uh, it was called Coach then, yeah? Well, it wasn't called yeah, Coach yet. Yeah. yeah, so um, yeah, that's a whole <laughs> other story, but we we had a different name at the time. Um, yeah. You know, like every time I've ever started a business previous to, to Podia, I've always yeah. spent time on the name and the branding and like getting that all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but with, with uh, this one, I, at the beginning, I was just like, whatever, I'm just going to start a company. I need a name. <laughs> um, so that's why we like two years later, we, or I guess it's about, been about a year now. We yeah. completely re- rebranded, did all that, that entire process went through all that. Um, I, I love the new look, like the illustrations <laughs> and the colors. It's amazing. Thanks so much. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing because we, as soon as I picked the coach name four years ago, I was like, yeah. I need to change this name, yeah. <laughs> but it took, it took three years before we could really come up with something that we really yeah. liked. Um, because yeah, finding a domain name is, is really hard yeah. <laughs> and also it's finding expensive. a name. Yeah. Super expensive. Um, we actually bought podia.com for I think $10,000, which was kind of cheap, cheap in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, five, five letter dictionary.com domain name. Like I think we got really, really lucky. Yeah. Um, but, and it also has meaning for our audience. So Podia, like you mentioned, is the plural form of Podium. And the idea is that all of our customers have their own Podium to you know, sell content, yeah. et cetera. So it really worked out for us. But again, it took three years <laughs> to, get, <laughs> to get to that name. Um, but yes, yeah, so, so in the second year we were building now, we had some customers, you know, people were earning some money, selling courses, um, that sort of thing. But it was still very kind of new as, as a, this space has been like evolving so much in the last, even in the last few months. Um, but at the time, yeah, it was just evolving, evolving, evolving. Uh, then in sort of in the third years when we began to really kind of take off, um, we just, uh, we figured out our product a lot more and we figured out our customer a lot more. We figured out like how to market it, mm-hmm. um, how to differentiate ourselves, um, you know, all that stuff, which is super important. I think like one, one piece of advice I give a lot of entrepreneurs is that, you really can't do the same thing as everyone else. You know, you really have to differentiate yourself. And if you don't differentiate yourself, you just kind of get lost in the noise. Yeah. 
And that's why like, you can't really look at your competition and you can't, you know, sign up for their products and see what features they're creating and mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And like, you don't want to use the same language as them. You don't want to use the same color scheme. You don't want to yeah. use the same design, et cetera. Um, so we did the opposite of everyone <laughs> basically. Uh, so, you know, we have, we now have, a you know, dozens of people building similar products, but they're all competing against each other. And we're sort of mm -hmm. like this company on the outside doing mm -hmm. our own thing. Um, which Cause, I really yeah, like. Cause you have like, uh, Pretty much like you do digital uh, downloads, memberships, and online courses. Yeah, three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So, and we're we're really the only uh, digital storefront on the internet. So there's no other company that's has that same sort of can say the same thing. You know, mm -hmm. we have competitors in the online course market. We have competitors in the digital download market. We have competitors in the memberships market. We have competitors in the email service provider market, but there's no, you know, all in one digital storefront other than us. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're seeing a lot of our customers who are, who are, who were maybe only selling courses back in the day or only were selling downloads back in the day or only had a membership. And then they yep. joined Podia and then they're like, wow, I can actually create all these other different types of revenue streams. This is amazing. Um, so, you know, we sort of look at our part of our success is if we can take someone who's been selling one way and then mm -hmm. teach them other ways to sell. Cool. Cool. Uh, how did you get your first hundred uh, customers when you were building up the the product? So, <laughs> um, so I mean, obviously, uh, word of mouth is always a great way to get early customers, but you need some customers before you can get <laughs> word of mouth. So, we or I did a lot of um, early on. I was talking to a lot of people through, um, you know, mutual friends. Um, some web scraping stuff to just like find creators that were selling content, um, did some Craigslist, you know, contacting. So people, I saw people selling stuff on Craigslist, reached out to them. Um, we had, uh, we were really fortunate that we had a big name join the platform early on. This guy, Justin mm -hmm. Jackson, he's okay. a very successful, uh, entrepreneur. He sells a lot of courses, sells a lot of eBooks, has a membership. Um, so he was one of our first customers and he sort of vouched for us. <laughs> he told people like, this is the new way, like this is how you should be doing it. And yeah. he had a fairly, fairly big email list. I think of, you know, 10,000, 15,000 people. And yeah. a lot of people that followed him were uh, like-minded uh, entrepreneurs. And mm -hmm. he started talking about us a bit and people started to be like, Oh, this is really cool. And so they would join. Um, and basically the first hundred customers probably, a third of them were, were referrals from Justin. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that really, really helps. And, and like everyone needs a break early on, you know, there's, there's no kind of, um, you're not going to just, I mean, you're going to hopefully get lucky, I guess mm -hmm. I can say, uh, getting that first hundred, but getting the first hundred is, you know, as they say, like really the hardest, um, once you have a hundred, it's much easier to get to 200, 300, 400, 500, yeah. Um, et cetera. But yeah, that, yeah, that first hundred is always tricky. Um, the first 10 seems to always be pretty easy. <laughs> it's then it's just like, Oh, like now I'm at 15. Oh, now I'm at 30. Like, Oh, when am I ever going to get a hundred? Um, and then when you do, you're just like, yes. <laughs> cool. Cool. Uh, are there, have there been any huge, like, uh, success stories from Podia? Anybody yeah, like? we've had a lot. Yeah. Yeah, we've had a lot. Um, we have a lot of people selling over uh, $100,000 a year. Oh, wow. um, yeah, but I think even more than that, like 
you know, those are success, very successful people, but we actually have so many people that, you know, never sold anything online before, never made a dollar, mm-hmm. um, joined Podia, you know, read our resource guides, read our articles, talked to us on live chat, et cetera. And then they sold, uh, sold content for the first time. And now they're, you know, uh, we actually had a guy, I like to talk about him, uh, this guy, Marcus, and for the first year, he didn't sell anything, like yeah. zero, uh, made no money, sort of got, you know, a little frustrated. And, you know, we talked, I talked to him, I was like, just, just uh, ch- change this, do this, do that. Did, um, did, did he have an audience? So like, what, what was he selling? He sells like video courses, like uh, yeah. how to create videos. Yeah. Not, so not like how to create courses, but his course was like around video production, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so he didn't have much of an audience. And I basically was like, all right, like, let's try doing these things, et cetera, et cetera. And then um, I remember maybe it was like eight months into um, his sort of like account creation. Um, and he started, he made his first sale and it was like $200. Um, and oh, wow. he was just like, oh my God, this is amazing, et cetera. And now, like, I won't reveal his numbers, but, you know, he's making five figures uh, a year now just, oh, wow. um, just selling content. And this is, he's been a customer for us, for our, of ours for about two years now. Um, but he just stuck with it. You know, he kept on making his product better, you know, making his sales pitches better, writing better emails, uh, talking to more customers. And it's like any business, you know, once you sort of get started, um, as long as you are persistent and you stick with it, you mm-hmm. can make it work. So we have a lot of stories like that. A lot of people that every day contact us and like, oh my God, I just made our first, my first sale. And um, always feels really good. Like even people yeah. that, you know, sell an ebook for $5 or, you know, a course for $20 or whatever, just making that first sale is kind of like the most invigorating moment. Yeah. Because, yeah, I, I use the platform to sell my uh, ebook uh, called uh, My First Logo. So it was a collection of uh, first logos by logo designers. And that was, uh, that was a pretty cool project, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, how did you feel when you got your first sale? <laughs> Elated. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I, I, I set yeah. it up like I, uh, I kept teasing it until the point where I uh, started selling. Yeah. I did a pre-sale. I think I spoke to you before that, yeah. Yeah. I did a pre-sale and yeah crazy uh, yeah, it's, re- it's really cool like it's amazing I think there's no greater feeling you know creating something you know out of your like brain and you know sweat tears whatever hard work and then yeah. some other human is like this is cool and yeah. buys it from you you know like there's there's really no better rush <laughs> uh, than, than that so we're super happy that we can kind of provide that to you know thousands of people yeah, I've been speaking to a few designers and I think this would be a great platform for them. Like they could even teach Photoshop, Illustrator, yep. do weekly content, like yep. endless possibilities. Yeah, and designers, you know, they're, they can always make their products, their courses look really, really nice. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, they, they have like a step up from, you know, all everyone else. <laughs> But but it's so clean, like the the layout of Podia. It's so clean. I I didn't have to do much. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like part of our sort of design philosophy is you know sort of taking some of the the things that Carbon made instilled in me, and and that we you know we want to have this clean canvas for our content creators to yeah. sell their products and sort of let the products speak for themselves um, and not get in the way. Mm-hmm. So we're constantly worrying about and thinking about, you know, simplicity, you know, clean design, um, 
easy to use, like all these things where a lot of our, you know, competitors are like, let's just add 10,000 features. And then, you know, <laughs> uh, so, you know, that's like the opposite of those, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, I like to, you know, this is pretentious kind of, but I like to say like, we are the iPhone and, and they are the Android phone. Um, no, no hate on Android though. Like I have a lot of friends with Android, <laughs> but you know, and the Android environment is very much like wild, wild west. And yeah. you know, the iPhone development is like, you know, let's think about things. Let's mm-hmm. keep things clean and, you know, uniform and so on. So, uh, but yeah, we've been very successful with that so far, just having some design choices early on and really sticking to those, um, yeah as opposed to sort of bending to everyone's will. <laughs> yeah, sure. um, what advice could you give uh, creatives who are not sure like about starting a course or a membership mm-hmm. or selling a, di- a digital product? What so, advice? I mean, the, be- the best advice is, I-, I honestly believe like everyone has some sort of idea or something they can sell. So, and if you don't think you do, I'm just talk to me and I bet you like I can get something out of, get something out of you. <laughs> you know, everyone has something that they've learned that, um, you know, a good thing is like if anyone ever asks you a question about how to do something, mm-hmm. that sort of makes it, then you are that sort of that expert in that thing. And then yeah. if they're asking, there's hundreds if not thousands of other people asking, right? Mm-hmm. So first of all, like I know you have something to sell. <laughs> and Second of all, like the biggest thing then is just like, just complete something that's short, quick, simple, mm-hmm. that provides even one bit of value mm-hmm. and just put it online and, and try to sell it. Because I think a lot, of th- a lot of problems that some designers have is they, and other creative people have is that they try to do too much. You know, they take on too much, like I'm going to create a, you know, 50 video lesson course and, and that's really not necessary, you know. Um, you don't even need to create videos to start. You can just create text files or audio files. Or some of our most successful courses are just audio files with like uh, images and so on. Oh wow! So yeah. So basically, uh, I know you. I know you have something to sell. Uh, don't overthink it. Try to get something out that's short and sweet. Um, provide some value, uh, and then don't overprice it. Start it low, and then. The, most important thing is to get feedback. So from all those early customers that sign up and, and buy it, ask them why they bought it. Mm-hmm. Ask like what other things they would like to learn. How can you expand it? And basically just try to get feedback as quickly as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And then at that point you can start to build it up. So the best thing about digital content is it's always, it can always be evolved. So you can always add to it. You can always edit it, you know, replace uh, poorly shot videos with higher quality videos or whatever. So, Biggest thing, just get started and kind of go from there. And it's a low cost from a physical product. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's digital, so you yeah. know you can really just do you can do whatever with it. True, true. Um, what's been the toughest lesson you learned from growing businesses? Toughest lesson, um, I think. I think one of the toughest parts of a business is really finding great people to work with, mm-hmm. um, you know, hiring and finding a team that really kind of meshes well is probably one of the hardest things to do as like a founder and CEO. Mm-hmm. Like I've been, we've been really fortunate with our team. Um, you know, we've hired very slow and deliberately and we've really kind of had long vetting processes for everyone and, and so on. But 
you know, finding people, <laughs> finding really good people is really tough because you have to, you have to get them excited into what you're doing and you have to convince them that it's worth, yeah. you know, their time. And there's so many options out there, you know, like you can go work at Facebook or YouTube or Twitter, or Instagram or whatever, you know, why do you want to work at Podia? <laughs> uh, so you have to find and find people that are really great, motivated and uh, build a great culture. And um, so the people side is really important because at the end of the day, like whatever you're building requires people to build it and yeah. design it and market it, et cetera. Um, mm. and, and then in terms of product, like the single biggest problem that I think people have with product is that um, they try to take on too much too quickly and you really have to start small and you have to start with a small idea and you have to get feedback and you have to iterate all the time. Um, and you don't want to don't go to the finish line too quickly, you know, like tortoise wins a race sort of thing, start slow, get feedback and don't be afraid to kill anything that's not working. So features or anything like that. Mm, that was really good. Really good advice. Um, Cool. I'm just gonna ask you like a uh, few like quick fire questions. Sure. You could give them like maybe the one word or short sentence. Sure. Um, what's one book that you'd recommend to anybody who's, who's listening now? Let's see. Um, book I've read recently that I really like is um, is uh, Anthony Bourdain's. Uh, not not a recent book, but uh, Kitchen Confidential. Mm-hmm. Um, I really just I just finished it. My girlfriend just finished it, and I sent a copy to my parents, and they're reading it right now. But if you're a fan of Anthony Bourdain and his oh, uh, yeah, I TV love the shows, shows, yeah. Work, yeah, check out the book. It's just like the show, yeah, um, and it's really really neat. <laughs> Sweet, Let's check that out. Um, what's one app or online resource that you use every day? Uh, I would say Trello. Cool. Oh yeah, I've used that before. Very helpful. Yeah. <laughs> um, one quote that you live by. Hmm. I don't really think I have a quote that I live by. Um, I guess more of a personal thing is that I just try to enjoy everything I do because. Mm-hmm. You know, we're only here for so long. So even the stressful moments, the, you know, sometimes the are the hardest. But again, like, you know, tried to embrace it and realize like it's you're gonna get past it. And so everything I do, I try to have some sort of positive light on it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> cool. Um, if you could switch lives with another entrepreneur for a day, who would it be and why? Um. Good question. I think, you know, probably this is super cliche and I hate them saying this, but probably it would have been a Steve Jobs. <laughs> um, but I think not in the later parts of Apple. I think it would have been more like when the iMac first got introduced yeah. and, and like when the company was failing like super badly. And when, and when he came was, back. Yeah. 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 I think yeah. I would have liked to see like, how he, or I guess it would have been me for the day, <laughs> would have like managed that situation. Because I think it's, it's easy to sort of run this, a successful company, not easy, but you can run a successful company. I'm, I'm always curious when entrepreneurs take a bad situation and turn it into a good one. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's a trillion dollar company now, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're 
which is crazy. <laughs> um, uh, are the hobbies that you do apart from working on Podia? Yeah, so um, I play this uh, racky game called squash. <laughs> I don't know if, if you're familiar right. with that. They have is that, that the one where you hit it against the ball and then it comes back to you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I play that because in New York City, you know, we don't have – I actually play soccer here sometimes too, but we don't have oh, cool. a ton of – Oh, cool. You're which, yeah, uh, yeah, I love soccer. Which team uh, do you support in the EPL? Uh, I don't actually, like, support <laughs> any team really. Yeah. Um, I'm – I'm German and I'm half German uh-huh. anyway. Like my mom was born in Germany. So Bayern is probably my team. Oh, um, I, I but... got German blood as well, Rudolf. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, so, but uh, I like playing soccer too. But squash is one of those things where it's easy to play in New York City because yeah. you just throw it into a building. Yep. Um, so that's a hobby. I also like to cook a lot. So um, cook a ton and sort of work on Podia and just hang out with friends. Like that's my life. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet. Uh, What's on the horizon for you? Um, What's next? For the company or in life? (laughs) For the company, for you? So I think like we're, uh, you know, we're really building an amazing product right now. And, you know, we've got a lot of really, really, enthusiastic customers and we're just continuing to make things better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the, our like mantras, I guess, is that we don't really focus on, um, but what, what we do focus on is really just looking and seeing what, how creatives and how creators want to sell in the, into the future. Mm-hmm. So we've got some ideas around how things might shape up, you know, two, three, five years from now. And we're starting to have those conversations. Um, so, trying to figure out that <laughs> like that's that's a big part of it and then obviously just improving the product and um proving the brand and the marketing and all that so a lot of my focus is there like i love podia so much like i just love working on it um so i'll be doing that for hopefully the rest of my life um oh, cool. yeah sweet and yeah i've been like looking at your blog and there's like heaps of content <laughs> yeah uh, people can just go through and start to build their digital products and start selling from there. Yep. Podia.com slash resources. There's a yeah. lot of amazing guides and or Podia.com slash articles. And um, have, you, have you got a separate team just for uh, the content? Or? Just the marketing team yep. works on it. So, um, but we, we also like, this is like a pride thing for us is we really, really, really try to produce amazing content. And yeah. a lot of people say that, but they end up, producing garbage honestly and um we really spend time with content you know like they go through tons of rounds of revisions um we really really focus on like long form content like yeah the articles are like really long and well like well written yeah and we don't and we don't they're not necessarily long to be long it's just they're long to be super thorough so like yeah yeah. So if you read one of our articles on a specific topic, we want you by the end to be like, wow, I just took like a, I like took like a college course in that topic <laughs> and now I fully understand it. Um, so yeah, so we really, really pride ourselves in our content. <laughs> cool. Cool. Um, well, thanks so much, uh, Spencer for, uh, chatting to me. Um, uh, yeah, where, where can people find you online and say hi? So, uh, podia.com obviously, um, yep. but my website is spencerfry.com. Yep. Um, and then I'm always 
on Twitter, <laughs> uh, twitter.com slash Spencer Fry. Um, you can find me there yep. and yeah, feel free to, you know, send me a message on Twitter um, mm-hmm. and check out my blog as well. Yeah. I saw that you've written some content on the blog as well. Yeah, I started <laughs> blogging about like entrepreneurial stuff on SpencerFry.coms uh, back in like 2009, 2010. Yeah. Um, and I try to write an article every few months, sort of when the mood strikes. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. Well, uh, thank you so much and uh, hope you have a great day. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Creatives Radio. It would mean so much if you could take a few seconds of your time to head to Apple iTunes and leave us a review. Thanks, guys.